Welcome to the Author Alchemist Podcast. I'm here to make your writing magic happen. I'm going to teach you how to use your superpowers to ignite, inspire, and encourage your creativity so that you can turn lead into gold. Join me, Kimba York, as I delve into the many mysteries of inspiration, motivation, and imagination. Good morning. It's morning for me. It's Sunday morning when I'm making this recording. So today I want to talk about the H-E-A. Happily ever after. I am a devotee of the happily ever after. It's not that I don't read books with ambiguous or even sad endings, but I generally prefer the happy endings. Or if not happily ever after, then at least the happily for now. I have to have some uplifting element to the conclusion of the story for me to really enjoy it. This can, of course, be done in a lot of different ways. As some of you know, I am a diehard fan of Nirvana in Fire, which is a Chinese drama that came out in 2015. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It is a very intense drama, beautifully acted, beautifully produced. It does not have a traditional happy ending. And I don't want to spoil it too much for people who have not seen it and want to see it the first time without knowing everything about it. But I will say that it is a very fulfilling ending Happy in the sense that the goals of the main characters were accomplished in a triumphant way. So the sad parts that continue on through the ending, they hurt, but they fit the characters. And as much as I love a good fix-it fanfic, I will say that the show stands on its own just the way it is. And there are many other shows and movies and books that can fall under that umbrella. But I specifically want to talk about the happy ending that we know and love often that is associated with romance novels, but can appear in other genre novels such as epic fantasy, uh, science fiction, you, you name it. I, I would say a lot of thriller and crime novels would fall under the happily ever after banner because generally speaking, the villain gets caught and is taken out of play and the good guys triumph. That's a pretty happy ending if you ask me. And sorry, my throat's a little bit scratchy today. Ah, this weather change has been kind of playing with my sinuses a little bit. So got that sore throat going on. My pet peeve when it comes to happily ever after endings has not anything to do with the endings themselves, but the reputation they have. For some reason, a lot of other authors tend to believe that having a happy ending somehow cheapens the literary experience of a story. And that, my friends, is utter bullshit. Some of the best stories ever told have happy endings, and I do not want any of you to feel burdened by the idea that if you want a happy ending for the story that you're writing, that it somehow cheapens the story or is a disservice to the characters that you're writing. That's not true. 
most valid argument that can be leveled against happy endings is that they're not realistic, they're not believable, they're setting up false expectations. I will be the first to say that there's an element of that to happy endings. Some of them are unbelievable. We see too much of that around us to believe that happily ever after is the default for all of us. But I think that fact alone is what undermines the criticism. After all, we know what reality is. We are aware of the heartbreak we've seen, both in our own lives and in the lives of our friends and family. We know that even the most perfectly matched pair of people can sometimes have a falling out, either because they're just grown apart or they've hit some hurdles and obstacles that they simply cannot overcome together. Tragedy happens in a lot of different ways. If you lose a family member, that can affect all of your relationships around you. Addiction, of course, can play a heavy role. There are cases where a couple seems to be so perfect together, but it turns out one of them is an abuser. That's reality. That's what's around us, and we know it. Everyone listening to this podcast is a writer, I'm pretty sure. I mean, if you're not a writer and you're listening to the podcast, good on you. Thank you. But I'm just going to assume that all of y'all are writers yourselves. You're used to observing people and observing the relationships around you. There is no veil over our eyes about what reality is. In my mind, that makes happily ever after more valuable and more important as opposed to discrediting happily ever after. For one thing, escapism is a valid and time-honored storytelling tradition. In our darkest hours, we need hope, we need inspiration, motivation, we need something that says, yes, beauty is still out there, relationships can still be healthy and fulfilling and wonderful. Happily Ever After fits into that role of providing us with the food that our soul needs sometimes just to keep us going. If you look at some of the darker times of our history, I tend to look at the depression. My father was a depression era baby. He was born in 1923. So to me, it's actually very current in my memory because he talked about it a lot, despite the fact that now we're going on, it was almost 100 years ago, which kind of shows how old I am, but we won't talk about that. Madcap comedies were incredibly popular during the Depression, as were musicals, where people could go and watch beautiful people dancing in beautiful clothes. They could laugh at the wild and ridiculous plot lines and storylines. They could cry at the happy endings. For sure, there were a lot of dramas. Uh, Film noir was coming into its own in that era as well. So it wasn't all about happy endings and fun escapism, but it was an important component of people's coping mechanisms during a very dark economic time. And you see that repeated a lot through different eras. So saying that happy endings are not important or not valid is very dismissive and quite frankly wrong. What tends to happen 
in my opinion, is that people mix up bad writing with these ideas of happy endings or Mary Sue stories to the point where they confuse them. That anything that has a happy ending must be poorly written. That if you want to write a happy ending, then you're a bad writer. And that is, of course, ridiculous. Genre or subject or ending is not what makes a bad story. What makes a bad story is poor writing. And poor writing can be fixed most of the time. I don't think I've ever read a story that was so hopelessly gnarled or poorly worded that it couldn't be repaired. After all, this is what practice is for. You write and you write and you edit and you have beta readers and you have editors. Those are the people who help you become better writers. So that's a journey and it has nothing to do with whether you want to write a happy ending or not. The key here is your voice as a writer. That is what you need to cultivate and nurture and value as you progress in your writing career. Your happy endings, if that's what you want to write, should grow out of the characters and their story, their trauma, their travails, the journey that they take together. Don't let critics make you afraid of writing a happy ending. Your voice is important and if you love happy endings then put your energy into making your readers love them too. Do not put your energy into arguing with those who will never be convinced and don't care about the stories you want to tell and want to look down on writers like us who want to tell those stories with happy endings. What value are they giving us with that kind of blanket and bigoted criticism? Absolutely none. And I am giving you permission right here, right now, to completely ignore everything they have to say. Because if they want to take pot shots at happy endings, then I really think they have nothing better to do with their time. They can just talk to each other, talk to themselves, talk to the void. Because we're not going to be listening. We're going to be writing our stories, having fun writing our stories, giving our stories to our readers who are looking forward to reading about our characters. That is our goal. That is what we are going to do, right? I know you're with me on that. I'm excited about it. I'm getting ready to launch some new stories myself, so I am really excited about it. And yes, as a matter of fact, they're going to have happy endings. Deal with that, haters. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, the alchemy lesson is pretty much my ongoing motto, which is write what you love to read. Give yourself permission to do that. And yes, writing can be hard work, but you'll still love it every day. So thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate you tuning in. I hope you got a little bit of inspiration from this and that it helps you go back to your writing with fresh eyes and an open heart. Don't forget, if you haven't yet, go to my website and sign up for my free Bulletproof Writer course. It's 14 days of advice and help to get you inspired on your writing journey. Again, free. Sign up for it. Go take a look. Let me know if it helps you and uh, any feedback you have about it. I'd love to hear from you. If you're on iTunes, please rate this show. It helps a lot with the algorithms 
getting my podcast out there to other people who might enjoy it or who might need it. And that's why I'm here in the first place. So thank you again, and I hope you all have a great, productive week full of inspiration, motivation, and, of course, creativity. Thank you for listening to the Author Alchemist podcast. I'm Kim New York, and I hope this episode has helped to clear away the cobwebs from your inspiration and given you the power to write the stories you want to read. For more podcasts and other tools, please visit my website at www.authoralchemist.com or email me at kimmu at authoralchemist.com. I'd love to read your questions and feedback. Now, it's time for us to get some writing done. Talk to y'all soon.